How you doing, everybody? Good? Man, I am so excited. It's the beginning of the Christmas season here at Coast, and uh, man, it's going to be a great day. You know what it is also? This is also the first day of the last month of this decade. Yeah, we're getting ready to move into a big decade. So I'm going to challenge you as we get started to just give it everything you've got. Man, take this last month and just go for it. Go after Jesus with everything inside of you to set up what God is going to do in 2020, which I believe, you know, everybody's talking about 2020 and 2020 vision, and it's a time of vision. I believe it is going to be an increased time of vision. Prophetically, I believe that, that God is going to move us into new vision and new ideas, a new season of creativity for the church. And I'm excited about that. So I just want to encourage you, do everything you can, press in, make this last year of 2020 everything you can do, man. Just go after God with all of your heart. Press in like never before. And I believe that you'll feel that as you move into this new year. Amen? Amen. Amen. Christmas already, man. We are starting a brand new uh, series today called Christmas at Coast. And what we're doing is we're taking a deeper look at the Christmas stories and just kind of going in and letting God apply some of those things to our hearts this morning. And let me ask you a question. I want to ask you a question as we get started this morning. How many of you feel like you are ready for Christmas? I I mean, totally ready. You are totally ready for Christmas. Can I see your hands? Less than I imagined, right? Yeah, I know. Some of us are not completely ready. You know, this year, Thanksgiving was kind of late in the year, and all of a sudden you get Thanksgiving done, and boom, you're starting the Christmas season. It just, it almost feels like a little jarring, a little surprising. Uh, Can you relate to this? The older I get, the faster time seems to fly. Anybody relate to that? You know, when I was a kid, it took Christmas forever to get here. It just seemed, Christmas seemed like leap year. It seemed like it came only every four years or something like that. I was like, it was always waiting. And even if I was good, it took forever to get here. Now, as an adult, it feels like we just got through with last Christmas activities, right? Now, the truth is we just got through paying for last Christmas activities. So we're shifting gears. We're kind of moving into the Christmas mode. And for most people I talk to, there's kind of a decision that you have to make when you come into this time of year. You know, you're trying to decide what are you going to do. Man, is this going to be a year where I just need to find a way to survive Christmas? Or is this going to be a year where I celebrate Christmas? And I want you to take a second and kind of examine your feelings. Where are you at this year? Are you just trying to survive Christmas or are you wanting to celebrate Christmas? Man, look at your heart. Kind of check your feelings. I'll do a little quick poll with you. How many of you would say, man, I'm here. I'm going to celebrate Christmas this year. Can I just see your hands? quite a lot of you. How many of you say, you know, really, Robert, honestly, I'm being real honest, I just want to survive. I just need to survive. Yeah, a bunch of those kind of hands, too, and there's nothing wrong with that. I totally get it, and I just want to say, you know, uh, you're, you're safe here. Now, listen, this is what I found out, is that for those who answer to survive, there's usually all kinds of reasons you know, for that. For some of you, it's a money thing. Christmas is wickedly expensive, right? I mean, it is. It seems like money just flies out the door uh, during Christmas. And then it's a jungle out there. I mean, during Christmas, getting everything ready, putting up all the Christmas lights, preparing for family and all of that sort of stuff. And for some, you know, they're not preparing for family. They're getting ready to go, so they're getting ready to fly out. And if you've ever been in the airlines, 
during Christmas, you know, in the airport. It's just absolutely nuts. For some of you, it's the in-laws, and it's the fattening food, or, or maybe it's a grumpy relative. And, you know, everybody has one. Every family has that grumpy relative. And if you're sitting there and you're kind of racking through your brain trying to figure out who that is, ask around. It might be you, right? You know? Don't point at them. Just, you know, I, yeah, right. In all honesty, if you'd have asked me over the years, I would say some years that there were years that I was just trying to survive. And it was just busy, it was crazy, things were going a thousand miles an hour. I was just trying to get through it, you know, or maybe there were some things in my life and, and Christmas, like this would be the first Christmas without my mom. And so I'm kind of dealing with that as we go into the Christmas season. And so there's all kinds of feels and things that you're going through. And so there would be some years where I would say, well, I'm just trying to survive. And other years where I would say, no, I'm here to celebrate. Sometimes the, the Christmas season can be so busy and there's so much uh, tension and, and so much anxiety that you think, you know what, I just need to get through it. I just need to survive. Now for some of you, man, when Christmas comes, you love to decorate. Who are my decorators here? Oh man, you just go all out. You love to decorate. You want to make the house all Christmassy. You know, it's got to smell like Christmas. It's got to look like Christmas. You know, all of that stuff. And you start planning even around July. You're thinking, this is what we're going to do this year. And we're getting this. You're setting things aside. And you're getting ready for the Christmas season. But for your husband, he's the one that's got to climb up in the attic, you know, fight the black widows and all of that sort of stuff to pull the Christmas decorations down. And, you know, then he's got to put up the lights, the same lights that worked wonderfully last year, but now all of a sudden they don't work anymore, and it's a tension every single year. Yeah. By the way, I got my lights up. You guys want to see what they look like? Take a look at this picture. <laughs> hey, that's a Pooley family tradition. I just tell you. All right. Some of you, man, you're determined to have like the best Christmas decorations in your neighborhood. And you spend hours getting those things ready, you know, and you got your house looking just right. And you say, okay, let's go look at the competition. <laughs> and you drive off, and then your neighbor's got like laser lights, inflatables, you know, they got a plane flying over with a banner and all that stuff. And your kids are looking at you like, oh, dad, really? Come on, man. There's tension in your schedules, too. How many of you would say you've got too much to do during this month, right? Too many parties, too many kids things, so many invitations. And it's not even Christmas, and you already find yourself going, I've got to get a breath, right? You're tired. You're worn out, and Christmas is just getting started. And we haven't even talked about shopping yet. I hate Christmas shopping. Hate it right? I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mind getting gifts for people. I kind of like that part of it. I just hate the crowds, which sounds weird, so let me rephrase that. I love you. <laughs> I, I just hate Christmas shopping, all right? You know, I, I hate having to circle the mall 20 times to find a parking space and just the crowds, the people, and all that stuff. So sometimes survive is the operative word. Now, maybe you're one of the ones who answered, man, celebrate. I want to celebrate Christmas. But let me ask you this. Can you relate to any of those tensions I just mentioned? Yeah. And I think we probably all can, right? And I found for me what snapped me out of it was realizing that sometimes during the Christmas season, I was so focused on those tensions, those little things, that I forgot to focus on the main thing, which is Jesus, right? Pastor Rick Warren wrote a great book called The Purpose of Christmas. I want to read you a quote from it. It says, Ironically, 
At most Christmas parties, the person whose birthday you're supposed to be celebrating is completely ignored. He's never even mentioned. Although Jesus is the reason for the season, he's often overlooked or merely mentioned along with Rudolph, Frosty the Snowman, Santa Claus, the Grinch, the elves, and a long list of celebrated fictional characters. He's often overlooked. Now, I don't know about you, but I see some real truth in that, right? That's why I sometimes, I think, move into the survival mode during the Christmas season because I sometimes overlook or I forget about Jesus. And maybe that's true for you, too. If you're in the survival mode, chances are you may be focusing on the wrong things. You're focusing on all the tensions. You're focusing on all the other stuff, and you're overlooking the reason that we celebrate. You're overlooking Jesus. When you overlook Jesus, you just want to survive. But when you focus on Jesus, you celebrate. You celebrate. And really, that's the message today. That's the purpose of Christmas, is to celebrate. Now, I realize on a typical Sunday, there may be some of you here, you don't share that same purpose. Uh, There may be some of you, you you don't have a relationship with God, and you're checking out this Jesus thing. You're kind of kicking the tires to discover what it's all about. And can I just tell you, we're thrilled that you're here. Man, we're just thrilled that you're here. We're thrilled that you're investigating, that you're asking questions, that you're wondering and imagining. And my prayer for you today is that after this service, you will understand why we celebrate Christmas. But I also know that there are many of you here this morning who are followers of Jesus Christ. And if I could help you focus on a way to kind of focus on Jesus this season, do you think you'd be interested? Yeah? Let me take it a step deeper. If I could give you a way to remember to focus on Jesus, not just this season, but all seasons, would that interest you? Yeah, because Jesus isn't just the reason for the season. He's the reason for all the seasons, January through December, 365 days a year. That's what I want to go after, not just how we celebrate him on a, a certain month or a certain day, but how do we always celebrate him? And I think I have a way to help. So let's just jump in. The birth narrative of Jesus is found in Luke chapter 2. And I just want to encourage you sometime during the Christmas season to read through the birth story of Jesus Christ, not just once, but maybe several times during that season. Just read through it and let it speak to your heart. Let it touch you, all right? And what you'll learn is not only what happened when Jesus was born, but you'll see that the very first people to celebrate Jesus, they were not the kings. They were not the elite. They were the ordinary people. The first people to, to, to celebrate the birth of Jesus were shepherds who were out in the field. And man, I love that. I'll read it to you. It starts in Luke 2, chapter, chapter 2, verse 8. It says, That night some shepherds were in the field outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, by the way, have you ever noticed that sometimes God comes to you in suddenly moments? You're not really expecting it. You know, all of a sudden, man... He's just there. You feel him. You know that he's working. I believe, and, and again, I'm speaking prophetically, that 2020 is going to be a year of suddenlies. You're going to see some things. There's going to be things that you've probably been praying for for a long, long time, and you've been believing God for and waiting for, and all of a sudden, man, it's going to happen. 
that thing you've been praying for, that thing you've been trusting God and believing for. And it just seems like a suddenly, but see, you've been laying that foundation for prayer. And I believe that 2020, that that, that decade is going to be a, a, a decade of seeing those prayers, those long prayers. God hasn't forgotten your prayers. And I want to say that to you. I'm speaking prophetically. This isn't even in my notes. I just believe it is going to be a time where you're going to see the culmination of all those prayers start to come to pass. And God's going to work. How many of you received that? Amen. Amen. So it says, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Can you imagine how long they have been praying, right, for this moment when the Messiah was going to come? And now suddenly there it is. And it says, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you what? Good news. news. Everybody say good news. I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. Who's the gospel for? Everyone. It says the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this wonderful thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they ran into the village, and they found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. Then the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And the shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God. You see, there was something about this encounter with Jesus that triggered something inside of their souls that made them want to celebrate. It says when they went back, they told everybody. Their hearts were so full. They were so excited. They were glorifying and praising God. They were worshiping Him. There was something there. There was this uncontrolled excitement. I love that. Now, I realize that the text we just looked at is about the birth of Jesus, but hidden in there is an appropriate response to Jesus. It's about celebration. What did they do? When they heard, they celebrated, they ran, they told everybody, they glorified, they praised God. Let me ask you a personal question. Can you remember back to the time when you first encountered Jesus? Do you remember what that was like? Can you remember the excitement around that time, that thrill of being a brand new believer and going, wait, I'm saved? All my sins are forgiven? Man, that's awesome. There was just this excitement that was inside of you. And I see it all the time when I talk to new believers. I love it, man. I love being around new believers. You know, they get their Bible and they start reading it. I mean, they're actually reading it, right? They're even reading the stiff part where the pages in your Bible are stuck together, right, in the beginning. They're reading all of those places, right? And they, they, they want to tell you about it. They come up, Pastor Robert, I was just reading. And you can tell they're new believers because they're mispronouncing all the names, you know. I was just reading in that book about the Philippines, Right? Hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Hey, that guy, uh, Malachi, was he like a, an Italian, you know, prophet or, or something like that? You know, they're just, they're just reading this stuff. You know, I, I read Job, and, you know, there was nothing about employment in there. I didn't get it, but, boy, that dude's life was messed up, right? 
you know. And so there's just this enthusiasm. They're so excited. They go, man, when we start having kids, we're going to name them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, you know, they're going to sleep in a manger, and we're going to feed them manna. And, and, right? Yeah, we're going to have a camel for a pet. I mean, it's just, they're excited. You can feel this excitement inside of them. So here's my million-dollar question. What happened? At what point did the good news stop being good? What happened in your life that caused you to lose the enthusiasm of being a follower of Jesus Christ? I mean, why isn't Jesus worthy of being celebrated 365 days a year? Well, the answer is he is worthy. And the problem isn't with his worthiness. The problem is with our forgetfulness. See, if you're anything like me, and I know you are, we tend to forget sometimes. We just forget about the wonder and the majesty. And so the good news just kind of evolves into news, right? And for some, old news, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? So the good news of God becomes informational rather than transformational, right? We have so much going on in our life. We're worried about so much stuff. There's tension. There's things going on around us. We're dealing with our feelings and our anxieties and, and all of these different things. We're, we're depressed. We're, we're struggling. And there's so much going on in our life that we kind of lose out on what God wants to do. And we focus on those things and we lose our focus on Jesus so here's what I want you to write down in your notes because this is really the essence of what I want to talk about today. Write this down. We are a people of forgetting, but our strength, our faith is strengthened by remembering. We are a people of forgetting, and yet our faith is strengthened by remembering. Man, I want to remember. I want to remember all that God has done for me. God wants me to remember. God wants you to remember. As a matter of fact, the word remember is found in the Bible just hundreds and hundreds of times. The Bible tells us to remember. But let me just tell you that we're all forgetful. We are. And you're not alone. Matter of fact, if you read through the Bible, in the story of the Bible, there's a long legacy of forgetful believers I mean, if you go back into the Old Testament, book after book, chapter after chapter, is filled with people who were followers but became forgetful. I mean, God's providing for them. He's meeting for their needs. He's opening up seas and doing all kinds of miracles. He's loving them one day, and the next day, they've completely forgotten and turned their back, and they're worshiping idols. They're a forgetful people. It's a classic story in the Bible where Moses goes up on the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. You guys have seen the movie, right? He goes up there. He, God's about to give him the Ten Commandments. And he's not gone very long. He's only gone for a few days. And his followers, and listen, not just his followers, but his leaders, his key leaders, all of a sudden they just completely forget about God. Completely. They start melting down their gold to make idols in worship. And in Exodus 32, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Quick, go down the mountain. The people you brought from Egypt have defiled themselves. They have already turned away. Everybody say, turned away. <laughs> They've already turned away. That's forgetting. They've turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They've made an idol like a calf, and they've worshipped it and sacrificed to it. They are saying, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. 
Now, this is the type of situation that comedies are made out of, right? And it would be funny if it wasn't so tragic and so true. And not just the Old Testament. Man, fast forward to the New Testament. In the New Testament, you have God in the flesh, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, who has come to the planet. He's walking around, and he's surrounded by his best friends, the disciples, his closest followers, and they are forgetful all the time. You may have heard of one time Jesus fed these 5,000 people by providing a miracle with just a few loaves and a few fishes. And then just a few days later, they're at a, a talking, Jesus is talking, and there's another crowd, and Jesus says, don't let them go away hungry. Feed them. And one of the followers says, well, where are we going to get the food? <laughs> right? He's like, really? Come on, right? You think they would go, hey, Jesus, remember a few days ago, you know, when you did all the loaves and fishes? You know, could you do that again? You think you could do it one more time? And maybe, you know, hey, how about a little bit of the water into wine thing? That'd be kind of cool. And, you know, I mean, that's awesome. You, you, you feed them, Jesus. Could you do that? Maybe we add some dessert this time. I'll pick up all the Twizzlers that are left over, right? You know, just get that stuff coming in. It'll be awesome. Look at what Jesus said when they said, where are you going to get the food? And you see, Jesus says, don't you remember the 5,000 that I fed with five loaves and the baskets of food that were left over? Don't you remember the 4,000 I fed with seven loaves and the baskets of food left over? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? Don't forget. Remember what I do. Now, honestly, sometimes I wish I could just kind of move myself away from these knuckleheads that are in the Bible, but I can't. There's too much of me that is just like that. They, they, they remind me of me, and unfortunately, they remind me of you as well. We're painfully, painfully forgetful. And the truth is, and I hate to admit this, but there's times, man, as long as I've walked on this journey with Jesus, that I just get busy about doing stuff, and I forget I forget to celebrate his goodness. I forget to worship him for all that he's done. And I need to celebrate. Now, I'm not talking about you right now. I'm talking about me. I, Joseph Robert Pooley, need to celebrate. I need to celebrate the Christmas season. I need to do it for me, for my relationship with him, to tell him that I love him and I appreciate him. See, I need to celebrate that because of Jesus, I've been saved. Because of Jesus, I don't have to pay for my sins. Because of Jesus, I have his power living inside of me today. Come on, somebody. That's what's inside of me. Because of Jesus, there's a place for me to go to heaven. Because of Jesus, I can keep growing and I can change. And I don't have to stay the same. Is there anybody out there that just needs a little reminder? Yeah, me too, me too. But you know how they reminded themselves in the Bible? Uh, the followers of God in the Old Testament, the Jewish people, they would sew tassels on their garments. And the tassels were there to remind them of, of scriptures and remind them of who God was. And it was to serve as a reminder. So whenever they would see the tassels, and it would be all over their clothing, they would remind them of who Jesus was. And when they saw other believers with their tassels, it would remind them of who Jesus is. And so it would be a reminder of God and his ways. So those tassels were a reminder. In Numbers 15, it says, The tassels will remind you of the commands of the Lord, and you are to obey His commands instead of following your own desires and going your own way, as you were prone to do. When I was in, uh, when Vicki and I were in New York City last year, I remember seeing Orthodox Jews who, to this day, they would, have, they, they would be walking through New York City, they'd have their prayer shawl on, and there would be tassels everywhere. 
So I thought, well, how do I remind people? So I thought, well, I'll just go on tassels.com and get a bunch of tassels so that we can all just sew them to our clothing and that sort of thing. But then I realized that tassels are expensive. And uh, so I decided not to do that. So I came up with another way that I want to help you remember. This is a little bit different, but I'm going to help you remember to celebrate this year. It's a very easy way. Uh, We're going to make this all about you right now. How do you remember to celebrate? And so I had an idea. So no matter where you are in the auditorium right now or if you are listening online, uh, here's what I need you to do. I need you to have a coin in your hand, all right? So reach into your pockets, your purses, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, If you want to share with somebody on your row, uh, that's fine. But I need everybody to have a coin. I've even asked the ushers to be ready uh, to to help us with this. So if the ushers would come, uh, I need to let you know these coins that they have, those are from uh, mine and Vicky's personal bank account, so they're mainly, they're mainly like pennies, <laughs> all right? Uh, but, uh, uh, and I only want you to take them if you need them, but I need everybody to have a coin, all right? I need everybody to have that. So ushers, if people raise their hand, so raise your hand if you don't have one, because I'm going to call you out if you don't have one. I need everybody to have a coin. Hold your hand up, get it. Does everybody have one? What? Does everybody have one? All right. You know, keep, keep it up. When, if, if you need to, hand it to the person next to you. If you've got several, you can jingle them in your hand. It kind of adds to the Christmas celebration atmosphere, right? So I want everybody with a coin in their hand, all right? I know some of you are probably thinking, wow, this is, this is so weird. This is not what we normally do in church. I know, it's kind of like a reverse offering, right? You know, you, you're taking money out of the thing, right? That seems kind of weird, right? All right, who doesn't have a coin? Anybody? Anybody not have a coin? Look the pastor in the eyes. Anybody not have a coin? Doesn't matter what you have. I just want you to make sure that you have one. All right, good. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, by show of hands, you almost never carry change? You, you, you're a plastic person, right? Yeah, me too, a lot of us. It's becoming more and more that way. I very seldom have any change in my pocket, you know, that sort of thing. But the truth is, is you can find coins anywhere. Right? You just stumble on them. They're just all over the place. Sometimes you'll see them on the ground. You have coins in the, probably the floorboard of your car, under your cushions at your house. You always have access to change. I mean, when you go to Starbucks, there's a tip jar. Just reach in, grab some. You know, I mean, there's always a place where you can get access to change, even if you rely on plastic. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get very practical right here, and I'm going to start with a penny. How many of you have pennies? Hold them up if you've got a penny. Quite a few of you. <laughs> oh, those, are, those are the ones that came from my, our collection. <laughs> All right. On your message notes for penny, I want you to write down penny and past. All right? Penny and past. I want you to remember, all right? But you're not just celebrating your past. This is what I want you to write after that. I want you to write down, my past is forgiven. Write that down. My past is forgiven. That's what we're going to celebrate. That because of Jesus Christ, we can celebrate the fact that he came to wipe away our past. I want to tell you something today, and I really want you to hear me on this. There is no past that Jesus can't wipe away. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how badly you've messed up. There's nothing you've done that he can't wash away. Because I see so many people, I talk to so many people who are kind of stuck 
because of the guilt in their life. And I'll ask them, have you asked for forgiveness? And they'll say, yes. And I'll say, well, start living like it. And start living like the fact that we are a forgiven people. Celebrate that. There is no past that Jesus can't forgive. And I realize some of you, you've had some pretty wild past, right? I've heard your stories. Man, I would watch your show on television, right? It would make a, like a mini-series. You would make, you'd make Jerry Springer look like the Gilmore Girls, you know what I'm saying? It would, it's just, you know, you've had some crazy relationships. And some of you, you've struggled and you've messed up. But I want you to hear me again. There is no past that Jesus cannot forgive. See, that's why Jesus was born. So we celebrate Christmas. So when you see a penny, what do you remember? My past. Come on, what do you remember? My past. That's right. Look what Jesus said in Mark 2. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Why did Jesus come? To save those of us who were sinners. He was born so that I could be forgiven. Romans 4, oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose sin is no longer counted against them by the Lord. If you've been forgiven, your sins are no longer counted against you by the Lord. If you're forgiven, you're safe. Say, what am I safe from? You're safe from spending eternity apart from Christ, right? That means that you're not going to hell. You're going to spend eternity in heaven. Colossians 1 says this, For he has rescued us from the one who rules in the kingdom of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. God has purchased our freedom with his blood and has forgiven us for all of our sins. How much of our sins? All. They're forgiven. If you're here today and you've never taken advantage of God's forgiveness and his gift of salvation, you need to know it's free. It doesn't even cost you a penny, but it cost him his life. All right? It's a valuable gift. And I want you to think about that because at the end of the message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask God for that forgiveness. So when you see a penny, what are you going to remember? Right. All right. Nickel. When you see a nickel, how many of you have nickels? Anybody have a nickel? A couple of you. Good. Yes, yes, several of you. You have a nickel. When you have a nickel, I want you to write down the word now. Nickel equals now. But don't just write the word now. I want you to write this next to it. God's Spirit is in me. Now God's Spirit is in me. So that's what you can celebrate. You can celebrate that when you said yes to God and you invited him into your life, he came in and invaded you with his spirit. And God's spirit lives inside of you right now. You don't have to go through life alone. And isn't that encouraging? You don't have to ever face anything by yourself. The spirit of God is always with you. Personally, I believe that most of the mess that we get into in our lives is because we forget that God's Spirit is alive and residing in us. I think that most of the problems is when people forget that, you know, and they go their own way and they do their own thing. It's kind of forgetting and thinking that God is this distant kind of God as opposed to now God's Spirit is in me. Would you say that? Now God's Spirit is in me. Romans 8 says this, When God lives and breathes in you as he does and as he surely did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ. What an incredible scripture, right? 
Track with me for a moment. God's Spirit is in you just as surely, notice that, just as surely as God's Spirit was in Jesus. Look at this verse, John 3. John the Baptist is describing the Spirit of God in Jesus, and he says this, When the Spirit of God was in Jesus, it was without measure and without limit. For God's Spirit is upon him without measure or limit. So if that same Spirit is in us now, think about that, then it's without limit and it's without measure. Man, I could celebrate that. That's something to celebrate, isn't it? Come on, somebody, man. We're celebrating that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, that the God of the universe personally and powerfully fills you with his Holy Spirit. That's worthy of celebration. So when you see a nickel, what are you going to remember? Now God's Spirit is in me. All right, good. Anybody got a dime? Anybody got a dime? A few of you have a dime. Dime is for determined destiny. Determined destiny. Or you can say it the other way. Destiny determined. It works either way. All right? Determined destiny. All right? And next to that, I want you to write, I have a place in heaven. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, not only are you forgiven of your sins, not only do you have a personal relationship, but listen to this. Your destiny has been determined. There's a place for you in heaven. And I don't know about you, but that is worthy, I think, of celebration. Why do we celebrate? We celebrate because when our life ends here, it doesn't end. Right? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, death has no sting whatsoever. Death just kicks open the door of eternity. That's powerful. Jesus said in John 5, I assure you that those who listen to my message and believe in the God who sent me have eternal life. You believe, you belong. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. I love that. I did a funeral this last week, and uh, for those of you that have been kind of tracking with us, it's been a kind of a year of, of some deaths, and my godfather passed away, and he had said, you know, when I go, I want Rob to, to do my funeral. So I went and did his funeral, and I was driving home, and I was thinking about the funeral, and you know, and I, I was thinking about what I want my funeral to look like. Not anytime soon, right? But, you know, when that time comes, what do I want it to look like? And here's the thing. I want my funeral to be a party. I do, man. I, I really do. I, I, want, I want it to be a celebration. I want there to be laughter. I want there to be stories being told and people smiling and, and thinking about it and all that. Man, I don't want people to grieve. I want people to celebrate. All right, I want them to grieve a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, just a little bit. But really, man, I want it to be a party, right? You know? And, and you know, maybe, maybe the band could play like, you know, celebrate, right? Because I may be dead, but disco isn't, right? You know? And so, you know, I just, man, I want it to be a party. I want it to be fun. Taco Bell for everybody. You know, don't miss it, right? It's going to be a party. Be there. It's going to be the party of the year. Romans 5, look at this. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful kindness rules instead, giving us right standing, right relationships with God, resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you are a Christ follower, man, you've got something to celebrate. So a dime, my destiny is determined. All right? So, so a dime equals what? 
All right? A nickel is? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> What's a nickel? A little better. All right, and a penny? All right, my past is forgiven. All right, so anybody got a quarter? A quarter? All right, wow, a lot of people with quarters. Were those my quarters? <laughs> this has got a lot more expensive than I was thinking when I reached into our, our little change jar. All right, well, if, you, if you've got a quarter next to quarter, I want you to write spiritual growth. I know some of you are going, wait a minute, that's not a Q word, Robert. You're messing me up. I know some of you, man, I know. It's just you're gonna struggle with this. This is not a Q word. How am I gonna get the system? How am I gonna celebrate if I can't remember the Q word? Now you're gonna remember this spiritual growth. Everybody say spiritual growth. All right. And here's what we're celebrating. I can continue to grow. All right. In other words, I don't have to stay the same. I can continue, I can celebrate that I can continue to grow and spiritually develop. Now, I know that's not as easy to remember with the quarter, but here's how you're going to remember it. This is a story that Jesus told, a story about a farmer. And in the story, this farmer is planting seed. And of the seed, only a quarter of the seed grew. All right? Only one quarter. I know, it's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we just kind of snuck it in there. You weren't expecting it. All right? Think about this. 75% didn't grow. But only one quarter grow, grew. Right? You celebrate the growth. Celebrate the growth. Matthew 13, as he scattered the seed, some of it fell on the road and birds ate it. Some fell in the gravel and it sprouted quickly but didn't put down roots. So when the sun came up, it just withered uh, just as quickly. Some fell in the weeds. As it came up, it was strangled by the weeds. Some fell on good soil and produced the harvest beyond his wildest dreams beyond his wildest dreams and good soil everybody say good soil good soil and i want to be good soil all right what percent grew 25 percent right a quarter one quarter growth how many of you can remember that all right you can remember that it's a little tougher i realize but i'm stretching you this morning all right i'm stretching you we're celebrating we're celebrating i don't have to stay the same because God's Spirit is working in me. And while I'm living on this planet Earth, I can grow and change beyond my wildest dreams. And I love that. Spiritual growth is a gift. It's a sacred privilege. And it's a reality for those of us who pursue and are faithful in our obedience to God. There's a lot to celebrate. There's a lot about Jesus to celebrate. Not just this month, not just one day of this month, but 365 days of the year. Exodus 34, 22 says this, and you must remember to celebrate. I want you to dream with me for just a second. All right? What would your life look like if you were to go through your life with a daily attitude of celebration? If you had some sort of trigger that just kind of jumped off at you whenever you would see a penny, whether it be on the ground or in the sink or in the ashtray of your car, and you just saw that penny and you celebrated, God, I thank you. My past is forgiven. Imagine what your life would look like. Or when you're walking along and you just see a nickel, right? Or somebody hands you your change and there's a nickel and you're reminded, God's Spirit is in me now, right now. And God's Spirit is without measure. It's without limit. 
or a dime. You see a dime and you think, my destiny is determined. I'm alive right now, but I've got heaven waiting on me, right, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Or when you see a quarter, you go, I can change. I can grow. Spiritual growth is a part of my reality. I don't have to be the same. What do you think your life would look like? I think your life would be a lot richer. I think your faith would be a lot stronger. I think your struggles, I think they'd still be there. I think they'd feel a lot lighter. I think your perspective on your life would be better. It would be clearer. Your relationships would be different and deeper. Celebration wouldn't be limited to a season or to a month or to a day. Every day would be like Christmas. I mean, we're just dreaming. But what if? What if? What if we became a people who, instead of being known for being forgetful, were we, what if we became known as the people who remember? Who remember? An unforgettable attitude of celebration. What if? I gave you a little trigger this morning, just a little stuff to remember, and, right? And if you ring them, it's jingle bells. <laughs> it's Emmanuel, God with us. Bow your heads with me. God, I just thank you so much. And I pray for those of you who are here, who are approaching this season in survival mode. Thank you, God, for all that you do through us and offer us through Jesus. What a gift. God, I pray that this, this coin illustration, like the, the tassels, Lord, I pray that it would help us to remember all that you've done and continue to do so that we can celebrate that. We can write it on our hearts so that we can remember to celebrate you daily. And if you're here today, you've never asked God to forgive your past. Why don't you, why don't you ask him right now? You don't have to memorize any kind of prayer. Just there in the quietness of your heart, you can say this, God, forgive me. Just say that to him. God, forgive me. Forgive me for all I've done that's created a separation between you and me. I confess to you that I've done some things in my life that are wrong. And I want to change. I don't know why you'd want to forgive me, but I accept your free gift of forgiveness. In turn, I offer you my life. I invite you into my life to save me. I invite your spirit to dwell within me and guide me. I thank you for saving me a place in eternity with you, for allowing me the privilege to grow spiritually while I'm here, and I want to know you more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just tell you, if you prayed that prayer with me today, man, let us know. Take one of those blue cards and just say, Robert, I prayed that prayer with you today, and I asked Jesus to forgive me, and I asked him to take over my life. Let us know. And if you will take that and you take it to the uh, welcome desk and, and hand them that blue card and tell them that you just prayed that prayer with me, they've got a book for you called Now What? We'd love to put that in your hands. It's just a little booklet to give you some next steps and some things that you can do. And that's just a free gift that we have for you. So here's my prayer for you, that you would be a people who remember, that you would remember but I'll do it one more time. When you see the penny, what are you going to remember? My past. Right. When you see the nickel, you're going to remember now. 
Come on. God's Spirit lives in me now, right? And when you see the dime, determined destiny, I have a place in heaven, right? And then you see the quarter, spiritual growth. I can grow. I can change. God's working in my life. And I pray that you'll remember that every time you see a coin, that it'll just be a part of you, that it'll just kind of rest in your spirit. And it'll just be a little trigger in your day, every day, not just during the Christmas season, but all the time, that you'll remember that we can be a people who remember, that we can be a people who celebrate, not just in Christmas season, but all the way around, that you don't have to just survive anything. You can celebrate. And I'm going to plan on celebrating this Christmas, and I hope you'll join me with that, all right? Next week, Christmas at Coast continues, and my message, listen, this is the message that I've got for you next week, and this is a message that you'll probably want to bring some friends to. Here's the title, When God Messes Up Your Plans. (laughs) You ever had God mess up your plans, right? Or just your plans get messed up, and you're wondering, I don't know if it was God or something, but my plans are messed up. We're going to talk about that. That's next week, and that's going to be powerful. Our growth track, step one, is today at 2 o'clock. And uh, if you haven't signed up, please sign up. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Come back. Our growth track's a great time to get to know each other. Gives you an opportunity to uh, learn about the vision and the mission of Coast and to discover uh, membership. But mostly it's an opportunity for me to get to know you and you to get to know me. And so if you've never been through our growth track, come and go through it. If you've been through our growth track and it's been a long time, might want to come and just refresh yourself. So that'll be happening at 2 o'clock right here at Coast. We'd love for you to join us, but do sign up so we know how many to prepare for. Uh, and then that's it. I want to pray one more prayer, prayer blessing as you go. If you would, raise your hands. Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I pray, Father, that you would bless them. Pour your Spirit out upon them. Give them wisdom in all that they do, that they would walk in wisdom according to your word. Let your anointing be on their life. Give them favor in the eyes of people that they come in contact with. And Father, I pray that you would open divine doors and give them opportunities to tell other people the story of what you've done in their life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? God bless you guys. Have a great, great week.